When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Sports Day. Julian DeStoop and Bryce McGain with you. Our news headlines tonight have been brought to you by the Spirit of Tasmania. Unwind as you wander and set sail with the Spirit of Tasmania from $69. Conditions apply. There's some good football being played in the A-League, but uh, off the pitch, things aren't going so well. Just reading out Robbie Slatter today saying, Be careful what you wish for. Three years ago, A-League clubs made a song and dance about wanting to break away from Football Australia and run their own competition. A lot was promised in terms of how everything would be better. However, three years later, the APL and by extension, the A-League is in a huge mess. To talk about this story, uh, Joey Lynch, freelance football journalist. He's worked for ESPN, The Guardian and Australian Associated Press. Just joined us. Hello, Joey. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Um, So 50% of the staff being made redundant. You look at that, there's no sort of other way to say that that is a disaster. Yeah, there's no way that you can spin a 50% reduction in workforce approximate number as being a good thing. It indicates that the league has obviously gone through a review, as they acknowledged yesterday in a statement, and they've determined that uh, they need to pivot to try to recenter their business and try to get things going, which obviously isn't good for the league, but also important to remember, you know, real terrible news for the people that are now going to lose their job, you know, heading into a new year and uncertain future. It's really, you know, you've got to, yeah, you've got to feel for them. It's really not good news. Just you mentioned it, you can't. Sp- Just reading a quote here from the A-League Commissioner, Nick Garcia, saying, in the three years since unbundling with Football Australia, APL has implemented a strategy that has seen a period of rapid growth across our business. What what rapid growth is he talking about? Well, they they often like to point to things such as social media um, metrics that have all um, increased television ratings on Paramount, Paramount Plus, the streaming service. It doesn't... um, endear much affection from fans but um, its ratings have been increasing it is growing because it it, it was starting from a low base they're increasing the amount of sides in the league by expansion so there are positives that the APL can point to across the length of its journey the problem for the APL is that um, a lot of those are overshadowed by some of the missteps that the organization has taken over the years the struggles that it is facing and really that it has somewhat lost control of the narrative in that any of the good stuff that it does, um, I wrote a piece about this in ESPN today, a lot of the good stuff it does gets overshadowed and it just feels like it's lurching from one crisis to another because it can't centre the story about the good things that it's doing or, as you mentioned at the very top, the quality of the actual football on the pitch. Joey, it just seems like they're a bit aimless at the moment the strategy is not necessarily that that well it's not working that's the thing what they're executing is not working um what are the those poor decisions that have that have put them into this financial crisis because in in business your last resort is to lose the people that you need to grow revenue and uh and take things forward but what are those things that they have done diabolically bad 
a lot of the the troubles with the APL, when you actually look at what's happening, a lot of it has come when they've strayed away from their core business as being a sporting competition, being a football league, which um, these changes ostensibly are a recognition on their part and a pivot back to those core businesses. When you look at stuff that um, obviously the one of the headlines from this recent round of staff cuts is that it will come um, with the effective closing of the league's media arm keeper, which was established just about two and a half years ago, which was supposed to be this digital destination, this media arm that um, really had potential and the people there were doing some great work and they were passionate journalists trying to create a lot of content, but the league just wasn't in a position where it could deliver on the promises that were made um, by those on high when it was being introduced. And then you look at stuff like the grand final deal, which has been an absolute disaster mm. for the league, that decision to sell hosting rights to Destination New South Wales for three years that basically broke the back on a lot of supporters' trust um, with the competition, trust which hasn't returned yet, even with um, the deals, well, not cancellation, but alteration to be um, the Unite round, which just uh, was marked across this park weekend. So there's decisions such as that, because when you look at what they do, when they actually focus on being a football league and making football decisions, they do some really great stuff. They delivered the league through the Omicron um, COVID wave. They've expanded the A-League women's to a full home and away season and increased professionalism. We've seen players such as Marco Tilio, Jordi Boss, Nestor Kunda. Garen Kual all developed and sold under their watch. It's just that when they've gotten away from that, they've run into a bit of trouble. So where do we go from here? I mean, there's been some saying it's time for the FA to take the reins of the competition again, but all indications are they don't need to, they don't want to. So, so what's the next move here for the APL? Well, the APL really, it's one of these awful situations wherein you feel absolutely terribly for the people who have lost their jobs and that were brought in um, to deliver things um, promised by executives, which didn't really appear viable. But changes, I've been talking to A-League clubs over the past um, 24 hours and others that feel as though this was a change that sort of had to happen. They did need to just drill down into their core businesses of being a football league, um, delivering a quality on-field product, um, servicing the needs of fans and supporters without doing all the bells and whistles. And then maybe when they get back into a stronger position, um, they can revisit some of those concepts because the A-League's in a unique position wherein it's both a global and local competition with different dynamics to others in the sense that there's no other sporting competition in Australia wherein they can sell one of their players for an overseas club for millions of dollars and access a revenue stream such as that. That is something which the A-Leagues are rather unique in being able to access. So there is promise for them there if they can get it right, because you are right that I don't think Football Australia would be very interested in taking them back over right now. I personally think that unbundling from the National Federation probably was the right decision, and even if it hasn't been executed well to this point, because there's been a lot of support, a lot of, sorry, not support, a lot of, fanfare and appreciation for what Football Australia has accomplished in recent years, which is maybe driving some of this desire to see the A-Leagues go back. But we have to bear in mind that the Football Australia has accomplished this once they got the A-Leagues off their books. And there's no guarantee that the, 
that Football Australia would be succeeding as they were and delivering on all of these things if they also had to absorb the costs and absorb um, the working hours and all the um, intellectual labour and everything else that comes with running a professional league. So um, I don't think it's really that, that cut and dry on that front either. It's a unique sport um, in a way, Joey, because it has separated its major competition from its grassroots development and pathway to the top. Now, the A-League under the control of the APL does play a part in that. There's no question. But they are kind of separate as well. How are they working together? Are they hand in glove? Because the AFL, for instance, they they invest from their top uh, competition and it goes straight into the grassroots. And then you have the the development, the Oz kickers, and all those things coming through. And it's it's one and the same. Same with Cricket Australia. So it is a unique situation. Are they working well enough together? Well, that is one of the major talking points in Australian football for a long while. Because this um. This unbundling model, the independent A-League, it is generally considered um, good practice, uh, best practice in a lot of markets around the world. The Premier League is independent from uh, the FA in England, for example. The FA run the Football League below that, starting with the championship. But that is generally one of the big question marks in Australian football. And one of the things that often gets driven in that Australian football has this bizarre situation wherein the Socceroos and Matildas, especially the Matildas, are beloved. And, you know, governments all want to be seen with the green and gold scarf standing next to <laughs> Sam Kerr or Harry Sutar. And then you look at the grassroots and more young kids play football than any other sport. And all indications are, um, with things like concuss- concussions being such a rising issue, that that is only going to increase in the years ahead. But we just can't get the professional game right. And we often don't speak with a unified voice when it comes to things like um, advocating for the development of facilities or stadiums. I mean, one of the big talking points at the moment has been up in Brisbane, the Brisbane Royal playing at Suncourt Stadium on a pitch which is not up to standard Mm. and is perhaps leading to injuries. And the Royal has to pay a lot of money to rent that stadium in the first place. But then you look at their other options in Brisbane and there's really nowhere for them. And the question is, are we working with a unified voice, the A-League, FA, everybody as one to try to get those facilities um, for the elite game, for the grassroots game? And often at times it feels like they're not, which is a shame because if they were united and they were able to harbour that harbour that voice, there are the underlying strengths that could make it a pretty loud one. Just a quick one before I let you go, Joey. Uh, given you know the TV ratings, I know you said they're improving, and, and that is true, but they're, they're not up to the promised numbers yet, which yeah, means Param- yeah, Paramount don't have to play the original amount of the deal. Uh, crowds are down. Uh, there's financial problems, even though, that, as we say, the football on the pitch has been really good, and we're producing good young players that are being sold for, for, you know, for good money overseas. So just why now is it the right time to expand, like we're going to see next season with an increase in the number of teams in the competition? Well, there's a number of factors at at play there. I think they want to kind of expand because moving into new markets opens up new commercial opportunities. Obviously, moving into Auckland is one of those expansion destinations, which is an incredibly large untapped market. And the investor that um, is coming in to buy that license, um, uh, American billionaire Bill Foley, who is also the owner of Bournemouth, in the Premier League and the NHL side, the Vegas Golden Knights, 
he actually he's a he's a very quality owner. Um, as a franchise owner, he's probably one of the best you could actually ask for. So that brings with it strengths um, such as that. They're having difficulty expanding into Canberra, but when you look at things like expansion, it does offer the opportunities of not just commercial things, but that's two more teams employing two more squads worth of players that are going to be developing. It's more opportunities for coaches. It's more opportunity for administrators. It's all of these other sort of things that he's going to raise the standards of the game because it's men's and women's teams, it's youth academies. And from a footballing perspective, what Australia desperately needs is more opportunities for people to play, for players to get match minutes and develop their skills. That's going to make the Socceroos better. That's going to help more players be sold overseas, which is going to raise Australian players' reputation, which will in turn see more players sold for higher fees. So it's that kind of situation where an expansion is probably for the best um, to be. Personally, I would love to see we're getting a national second tier soon. I would love to see concrete steps taken towards linkage of the pyramid and introducing things such as that. But from a footballing perspective, it's the right call. But obviously, it's being made in a challenging environment. It certainly is. Uh, Joe, I can hear the passion coming through in your voice like a lot of people. You want to see this work. We want to get the A-League back to the levels it was uh, a decade or so ago. Thanks so much for sharing some of your thoughts with us tonight. No, thanks for having me on. Joey Lynch, freelance football writer. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. Epic has arrived, the all-electric Kia EV9. And Maccas, get the McRib and new McRib Deluxe. Now at Maccas, some more Sports Day coming up for you right after this.